Welcome to Our Certain Point of View, where your hosts, Jim and Tim, will bring you new weekly discussions about the Star Wars universe. Our Certain Point of View is a fan-based podcast and has no connections with Disney, Lucasfilm, or any of their subsidiaries. Hello, everyone, and welcome to a special edition of Our Certain Point of View. My name's Jim. Hello there, I'm Tim. <laughs> We're starting silly, aren't we? Hey. I can hear Papa Bear uh, laughing during the whole. Yeah, the, we do a. Well, that's okay. Really we, we have to do a baseline sound, no, so no, no, no. we we have a uh, ten seconds of silence, and all I could hear was. Did <laughs> <laughs> you could you hear the massage chair too? I could, and I could hear um, Roadblock from GI Joe going body massage. Well, it's going to be a nice uh, experience for everybody. I hope Tonight we're going to be relax. discussing episode two, season three of The Mandalorian, also known as Chapter Eighteen, The Minds of Mandalore. Oh, was this a good da, episode? Da, 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 da. Oh, wrong show. Um, so. I am completely discombobulated. We're even recording a day earlier than we normally do and like a couple hours later than we normally do. So it's going to be silly time tonight. <sighs> All right, let's get into it. So it starts off with the Mandalorian has got this guy in a headlock, right? What? What are we doing? What are you doing, Jim? We're recording, so let's doing? go, let's go, let's go, let's yeah, go, guys. Okay. Um, yeah. We start with news. That's the format. There we the go. Yeah, we're talking. Um, somebody didn't update the sheet, so I, I'm flying blind here. That would be me, you're, I guess. But you're, um, you're something. All right. We're so <laughs> I don't we're have a whole great. lot of new, um, actual new news for the. Well, for anything, um, really. I got some news. <laughs> and not for not for Star Wars anyway, but it's I'm Jedi sure Jim's got order, some right? non-Star Wars news he'll share with us. <gasps> Jedi Fallen, uh, Jedi Survivor. Oh yeah, he's surviving now. So you, you don't have any news, or you don't have much news. Um, I don't think that I have any news for Star Wars. Okay. There's not been a whole lot of. Um, you wait. There's not been a whole lot of new stuff coming out, <laughs> except for talks about there the Mandalorian. Is, really, uh, not been. You know what? I'm going to do a quick, uh, just a Google search of this thing called Star Wars. On. Apparently, there's this show called The Mandalorian. Well, I do have uh, an update on. We've been talking about GalaxyCon in Richmond, Virginia. Did you know that. um, I forgot his name. The guy who plays Daredevil is going to be there. Um, Vincent D'Onofrio, the guy from Full Metal Jacket and uh, Kingpin, he's going to be there. Jonathan Frakes, a.k.a. William Riker. He's going to be there. And, of course, Katie Sackhoff, Bo-Katan, um, or Starbuck, Ooh, or the lady really? from Longmire. She's going to be there? She's going to be there. Um, so there's and there's others. William Shatner's supposed to be there as well. Um, it's actually turning out pretty good guest list. Yeah, so, Katie Sackhoff's going to be there. Oh, geez. She, yeah, um, she's had me thinking I want to go. But I'm like, ah, it's a lot of money. It's a, it's yeah, a commitment. Schedule. Do you have to schedule time with her? Probably. Or My is guess is she'll have a table. You line. can like, you can wait, and then later she'll have like the scheduled one-on-one time. I'm guessing that's how it works. I mean, they all have their own little things that they do. 
But William Riker is going to be there. Commander William Riker. Now, last time Tim and I went, we met Brent Spiner, you know, yeah. Data. And that was, that was really awesome. cool. He was a nice guy. And he pointed out to us that he actually does have some voice work he did for, I think, the Clone Wars. Um, so he yep. has been in the Star Wars universe as well. But he, he will always be semantics and the English language. He did. He taught Tim how to be a better human. Which it was amazing coming from an android. It was really cool. It made me happy. Yeah, nice guy. Um, yep. So that's the only news I have is that uh, I was learning more about who was going to be at GalaxyCon Richmond, which is coming up. When does anyone have a date for that? I don't. Uh, March twenty fourth, I think. That sounds right. Ooh. I believe that is correct, yeah. So that's coming up soon. And today, I guess we should say, is March the 8th. So it's a Wednesday, which means that uh, the new episode of Mandalorian came out this morning. And we've kind of flipped roles here. Last week, I berated Tim for not having watched Bad Batch and Mandalorian. And this week, I didn't watch Bad Batch yet. I know. All right, so I, I do have some Star Wars news. Um Bad Batch has been great this season, and Bad Batch these last few weeks, especially these last two weeks, has yeah. just exploded with awesomeness. Awesomeness. Um, I, I, I did sit down right after our podcast last week and went and watched that episode, and it, it was amazing. Uh, Jim was right. It was, it was, just, it was yeah. just amazing. And oh, yeah. I got to tell you, this week might have been better. Oh, I can't wait. I'll watch it as soon as we're done with the show. Yeah. yeah. As soon as we finish recording, I'm going to go watch some Bad Batch and pass out. If we weren't already recording so late, I would stop and tell you to go watch it so we could talk about stop. it. It's that kind of good. It's that kind of good. So that's... It's already pretty late. Yeah, I just it's... have so much to unpack from this episode of Mandalorian. Oh, yeah. Good, because I yeah. don't. Um, okay. I mean, I know there's a lot there, but I'm just yeah. not very prepared tonight. I like the jetpack descents. Love them. Love them. Jetpack descent. Yeah. All right. Um, countdowns? Yeah. One. Countdowns. Two. Three. Um, four. Yeah. All right. I, uh, we I'm are... 51 uh, days. 51 days away from the release of Star Wars Jedi Survivor, Friday, April 28, 2023. Yes. Um, six days after that, 57 days away bunch of stuff happening on may the 4th star wars day um two disney plus series which i think are all just going to drop that day the young jedi adventures and vision volume two and of course our holiday star wars day yay and what is 254 days away wookie life day november 17th so make sure you got your life tree or whatever you do. All right. Oh, that's our countdowns. What? Oh. Red rum. Red rum. Okay. Um, where's my recording device? All right. So let's break for commercial and then come back and start covering the Mandalorian, shall we? Yes. Yeah. All right. 
Hey, this is Gordon from the Riff Radio Show podcast, a radio show dedicated to the music of Generation X. We release a new show every Monday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, and Saturday, and we play music from the 70s, 80s, and 90s, and we take your requests. And unlike the old days when you had to wait forever to get your request on your favorite radio show, I always put your requests on our Saturday morning all-request episode. All you have to do is click the link in the show notes of any episode and request a song. The Riff is only available on Spotify, so head on over today and subscribe. The Riff, only on Spotify. All right, that was Gordon with The Riff. Love me some Gordon time. And speaking of time, it's time to get down to business. Time to get down to brass tacks. On a scale of 1 to, let's say, 27, how would you rate this episode? Mm, 26 and a half. 27 being the worst. You thought this was a 26 and a half. Wow, that is yeah. not good. Um, yeah, it was, I gave it was it a way, one. way up there, and there was one particular part yes. of this episode that just kind of made it top yes. out. Um, yes. And that's that's what made a difference. So it's really just... It was just... I mean, there a lot of the episode is really good. Is that um, but there was one thing that just put it over the top. Ten? No, I just picked a random number. Because I thought 27 was the highest. Well, 27 is... So what did you think of the episode, Papa Bear? I really liked it. So, so... I don't think my score... You know, I was confused by the scoring. <laughs> so... I find it to be arbitrary. Yeah. I really liked um, it. So I... I loved it. I absolutely loved it. Seeing the planet of Mandalore was so cool. Um, I am really hoping that we'll get some real explorations of the planet because this was a I great think, kind of teaser. I think we we're going to get to really dive inside. Uh, yes, episode, right. Literally. <laughs> yeah. uh, this is a deep dive episode. <laughs> that's some pun humor there. Yeah. And there's no humor that's more fun than pun humor. Yes. That's that's right. Alright, so y'all ready to start recapping? Let's do it. I was born ready. Previously on The Mandalorian. Oh, yeah. dun, dun, dun. So they started off with the previously recap part showing the, the bombing of the planet of Mandalore and reminding us that he has a shard for Mandalore with the book of Exodus from the Bible on it. Um, and oh, this might be the only that, part of the this this opening might be the only thing that I didn't like about the episode. Why is that? Um, the recap of the previous episodes. Yeah, why is? Because why didn't you like it? my favorite part of the episode at the very end, they mention in the recap, and to me, with an episode called Minds of Mandalore, it it kind of implied that that was coming at the end. Are you talking about the Mythosaur? Yeah. Yeah. Are you trying to like not mention the Mythosaur? <laughs> not for any specific reason, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, um I agree. I think that they did kind of yeah, kind of say, "Hey, guess what? There's going to be a Mythosaur in this episode." I kind of suspected there would be. Anyway, did Joel kind of think that cuz they've said this in a few episodes. Yeah, I thought eventually we're going to see a Mythosaur. So, yeah. yeah. And they do show specifically in the previously on, yeah, the, the armor mentioning, yeah, back in the day we used to ride Mythosaur, and that's what our crest is. So, yeah, they definitely did kind of, yeah, show that out there, throw that out there. 
right. So the actual episode itself starts with uh, a planet we we almost never see in the Star Wars universe. It's called Tatooine. You never know? heard of it. Yeah, they should. This is one of those lesser known kind mm-hmm. of worlds in Star Wars. Kind of and, a backwater, right? About you know, if there's a if there's a planet, if there's a place at the center of the universe, this is the furthest from it. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, it's the Boonta Eve, and we're on Tatooine with our old uh, friend and mechanic, Peli, Mata. Mato? Mata? Something like that. Um, and she is <laughs> shaking down a Rodian. This is this is kind of funny. We we definitely get a look at that. She's not uh she's not the most honest wheeler and dealer, is she? No, um, she is not. And you know, considering her character, everything about what she was doing makes sense with her character. You know the way. Now, I mean, I didn't quite think she was gonna fully rip people off like she was doing, but she was definitely like. I, I I always expect her to be a little shysty, yeah, but not yeah, to yeah. actually yeah. remove parts from a ship. That yeah. Was, yeah. That was, was a little that? extreme. More extreme than I thought her character was going to be. Um, I agree. I thought this was more fine. dishonest than I expected from yeah, her. Yeah, I was a little taken aback by that, but... Uh, yeah. Yeah. I didn't, And I didn't like the way she treated him, either. But it, the it kind of... No, no the Mandalorian. Yeah. Yeah. I, f- I felt she kind of played it off like, this is Punta Eve classic. We got a lot of people from out of town. Let's grift the out-of-towners. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you know, that's what I felt like. That, yeah. And, I mean, she essentially it. says that. So, basically, what's happened is, is it's Punta Eve, so you got a lot of tourists on, ta- on Tatooine. And, apparently, I guess her and the Jawas have a racket where they steal people's, in this case, speeder, take them apart. And then when people bring that speeder to her to get it fixed, she's like, oh, I'm going to have to try to find these parts. And literally, the, the, the parts oh, are in yeah, her shop. Yeah. And she tells the Jawas to at least paint them before they bring them back. Um, yeah. So, yeah, it's, it's pretty messed up. Got to charge you and, for a rush job. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, was she always missing a tooth? Uh, I think she had a gap or... I feel like that's new. Somebody might have socked her in the mouth or something for stealing their speeder. Hmm. But, um, so yeah, that's our intro to to her character again, is uh, she's running this kind of hustle. And Mando shows up, and she's so excited because baby Grogu's there. And, of course, he shows up to ask her for a, an IG memory unit, something that we're, we're really excited about. Because, um, you know... Jawas can get anything. They can get like rare artifacts from the planet of a, uh, you know, an abandoned planet like Mandalore, but the, no one has the IG memory unit. So, nope. But that's okay because she's got another droid for him. If a droid is what you want, she's got him. Are y'all excited to see R5 back? I am happy with R5. I really like seeing I love it. Yeah, yeah, no, that was that was a lot of fun to to actually see him, you know, there and in action like he was supposed to be before. Uh, well, according to, and I know I think we've talked about this on here before, but according to the original um, radio drama for Star Wars, C three PO actually or R two D two actually damages R five. Yeah, yeah, and that's so that that's why R two gets chosen to leave. But did you um, know there is a comic about R five? And in the comic, he self-sabotaged, he, uh, he's talking to R- R2 on the Jawa Sandcrawler, 
And he intentionally, when he realizes that R2's got this important mission, he intentionally sabotages himself so that R2 could stay with C-3PO. That there is a comic book, and I forgot the name of it. It's oh, like wow. called Droid That's Hero cool. or something like that. Um, it, it's it's kind of a, you know, for kids, kind of, I think it's also kind of half humor, but it's out there, the story that R5 self-sabotaged. Um, R5 also is not up for adventure, is what we learned from that comic book. He's he's more like got the C-3PO attitude about adventure. Um, and we kind of see that in this right here. So I'm guessing Dave Filoni or John Favreau, whoever, I guess it's John Favreau with The Mandalorian, um, kind of remembered that old comic book and was like, yeah, let's make him kind of a reluctant sidekick. Um, I, I like having him, though. He, he's not Chopper, he's not R2, but he's not bad. Um, on our scale of 27, I give him about a 23 and a half. <laughs> I don't know. What, I don't even probably. know what that means. It, it, it can't mean can anything. We, can we get good, a new bad. scale? 38? I don't know. Something Four? Based on 10s, maybe? I don't know. 10s? Uh, yeah. So, uh, so Roman of you. Um, well, I mean, at least a 16. Okay. So, yeah. So, uh, Pelly or Pell, what's her name? Pellimoto. Pellimoto um, says, hey, you know, you can't get your IG, but you can have this R5. And, of course, R5 looks terrible. He, I mean, he's he looks rough. He's in rough and shape. They, uh, you know, long story short, she convinces Mando to take R5, who does not seem super excited about this. And she's going to retrofit the uh, the Naboo Starfighter so that it can have the Astromech back in it. Um, and he's going to go spelunking, is what Mandalore, is what uh, Den tells Pelly. Going to go uh, spelunking. He w- yeah, he wants a droid rated for spelunking. <laughs> yeah. And she says she's going to bathe him, and uh, she sells it to him for half price in honor of Boonta. When, when, and, when uh, I... When I first saw it, I was wondering if he's going to get like one of those flying droids, so it'd be easier to carry around. But no, no, I was a little bit surprised by this little twist because they did Hmm. take away um, um, Grogu's little bubble. Somebody had mentioned that. Did we mention that on the show that like R five was going to appear last episode? I was watching. I think it's Screen Rant is a YouTube. show that i watch sometimes and uh that guy i think was talking about how he was convinced r5 would become a major character um okay and so i don't know if you saw screen rant goes as as extreme as possible and typically will grab onto any rumor and then it's this a lot of times this isn't the i should look it up because i might be using the wrong name it's not the website there's a guy who he's got a background that looks like he's in a video store like an old school like blockbuster, and he's got a little dog with him. I, don't I think, think it's I... called Screen Rant, but he I... he does a good job reviewing. I should do a better job of crediting the guy. Um, but he, I'm pretty sure that was where I heard that R five would be a a new member. Yeah, I thought I thought you I thought you speculated on it last episode, but I can't remember. If I did, I might have been thinking about what that guy said. I hey, don't it's remember. cool, man. I like R five. He looks good. Uh, in the episode, I oh, I remember we were talking about there were R five units and um, and protocol droids on uh, Navarro. 
remember we talked about that. It it seems to work, too, because, like, baby, uh, you know, Grogu is uh, basically riding in uh, Din Djarin's lap, but he's got, like, a little cave area or something. Yeah, there's a little They reference that. Yeah. So they uh, they have this really cool scene where they're leaving Tatooine, and because of the Boonta Eve thing, there's lots of fireworks. Yeah. And you know where they yeah. go. Where do they go? Uh, straight to Mandalore. They go straight there. And there's this kind of neat little discussion that Den is having with Grogu about this used to be a beautiful planet and it got destroyed. And and I love the fact that when he's talking to Grogu, he's referring to both of them as Mandalorians. Like, he's just straight up saying, you know, Grogu, this is your heritage because you're a Mandalorian now. Mm-hmm. Um, it, they see the plan- the moon of Concordia. Um, which is where the Death Watch was, and that's where Den says that his clan's from. Um, and he mentions the planet of, uh, uh, what's the planet that, um, Bo-Katan is on? It's, it's like in the same system, um, it's like it's Kala something? It's Kalabala. 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 So we know, and this is nice setup because this is going to be important later in the show. That the planet that uh, Bo-Katan is on is, like, very, very close to Mandalore. It's in the same system. So, yep. by Star Wars term, you know, you know settings, it's, it's like... It's all sublight engines. It's really, like, there's no hyperspeed, which is important, I think, for for what yeah, comes like up later, later on with Grogu. Later in the episode, yes. For the and one of the big things, um, and, and I He's think so with all of the things that happen with with Star Wars and some of the Star Wars fandom and the way they point things out. Um, I think they're working really hard. I honestly think they might be working a little bit too hard, but I think they're working really hard to avoid plot holes in this series. You know, there's little things and it's, it's not a problem that they're doing this, but like there have been multiple times where he's showing him how to use certain controls and how to do things, which is great because he's now basically dad to this kid and he's showing him how to fly. I don't have a problem with that, but I did notice little things here and there where it's like, Right, why did they do this? Did they do it to show that he's a dad, or did they do it to make sure they filled that plot hole for why does Grogu get to fly away later? Um, yeah, it does. And feel I think a the reason that they did it, face. right? I think the reason they did it was for that. It, it wasn't, you know, it wasn't fluid. It almost like it needed one more line. It's like, hey, we're gonna be flying for a few hours. Come here, let me show you some stuff. I think that would have made it feel more natural. And then he talked to him about it. Yeah. It's again, it's not a big deal. It still fits. Um, but I do think they're working hard to make sure, you are know, like, well, how did this happen? They're like, no, they already talked about how that happened. How come he can fly a ship? And they're like, eh, he, he told them what to do him. and where the planet was. Like, he knows exactly yeah. what he's doing. In fact, if you really think in the background, he might have been like, things could go south fast. I need to get him somewhere he can go. And he might have already pre-planned an escape for him of like, yeah. all right, you know where this is. If you need to go, go. So... Yeah, it anyway. it makes sense. Um, but yeah, it is very like, hey, yeah, like you said, they set it up. Um, I it it's kind of like the it's kind of like the intro. Like we're like, okay, so Grogu's gonna fly this ship soon, right? Like we know it in advance. Yeah, they, yeah. Um, we don't know why, we don't know the circumstances, but we know he's gonna fly the ship. Like it's very, this is what's gonna happen. So. Now they they enter the atmosphere of Mandalore, and it's very kind of Dagobah-ish as far as like 
that feeling of they're going through a storm and it's like he's going to lose control, but he breaks through the cloud layer and we see this just desolated, crazy-looking planet. Um, now, a little history of, uh, of the planet here. Before the Empire did whatever they did here, the Purge, as they call it, with their fusion bombs, uh, Mandalore was a planet that was kind of largely destroyed already. Because you remember they were living in domed cities during the Clone Wars. And my, if I remember correctly, that's because the war between all the different Mandalorian clans had left a lot of the planet's surface destroyed. So that's why these cities are supposed to be in these giant domes. Um, I'd love to see some flashbacks of like the planet of Mandalore in that time period. Um, I think some of it will come up. That would be cool. So they break through the cloud cover, and they're coming in, and um, yeah, it's all desolate looking. They, uh, they, they, they also set this up in the same way that you were just talking about. He's like, oh, there's such a strong magnetic field here, you can't communicate off-planet. So they set it up that if you're going to call someone or get help, you actually have to leave the planet. You can't, you know, just radio them. <clears throat> they find a, a nice flat glassed area to land the 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 starfighter, and they got to figure out is it breathable atmosphere. So you know what you should do: send the droid out. Yep. R <laughs> five is told to go scout the area. He does not want to in do the, that. In, love... the, in the way of the uh, the Trade Federation. The Trade Federation. What do you mean? I'm not going in there with the Jedi. Send a <laughs> uh, yeah. droid. Send a droid. But nice, nice call. So R5, I like R5 in this. If you're reading the subcaptions, or the, yeah, it, it says things like he warbles nervously. <laughs> like, I like that R5 is the reluctant companion in all this. And he yeah. did clean up nice. So the oil bath took off. Um, that did a good job. Oh, and, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. It looks like a million bucks, like a oiled up wrestler, ready for the prime time. One of the one of the funny lines in this though is, and the whole setting is funny, is Grogu and Mando are still sitting in the, in their their ship, looking out the window. R five is rolling across. He turns <laughs> around and looks back, and Mando yeah. says, "Don't be a baby." It's better yeah. than that. He's like, "Get out there!" And then he just dumps him. Boom. Yeah. <laughs> out and the back, uh, I thought he was going to eject out the top, but he gets dumped out of the bottom. He does it BB-8 style through the bottom of the ship. Um, yeah, that was cool, but the way the shot is framed, where you can just see Mando's head and Krogu's head peeking over the, the side of the ship, and R5 looks at him, and, and Mando says, don't be a baby. And he's literally sitting there with a baby. It's I liked it. <laughs> Good old R five. He's a good sport. He uh, he rumbles along, and uh, mm-hmm. then he disappears from the monitor. Dun dun dun. No, uh, what happened to him? So we do have a cool thing here where Mandalorian decides to you know, they got to get out of the ship, and he says he's going to seal his helmet. Yeah, yeah. I like pressurize his helmet. I wondered about this because you remember in the Clone Wars cartoons, we found out that the clone <laughs> armor, they could wear it in outer space. Mm-hmm. So these things must have some way to seal the helmets after they're on. It it almost um, has to be like 
Yeah, it has to be something that comes out of the helmet and attaches or... Like, we know, in fact, we see it in this episode when he has a drink later on, that he just puts the drink under his helmet and drinks it. Well, I wonder if, like, you know, like in hospitals or where they have clean rooms, they do this with military vehicles, too. You have overpressurization. So if if there's anything toxic, if you overpressurize the area you're in, you know, all air flows out of it. And he does say he's going to pressurize his helmet. So I wonder if it's more of a concept of it's forcing air into the helmet so no toxic air can get inside of it. It, it could some, be, but it can't can't do it so much for him that he can't breathe. Like there's got to be some other. Well, it can be pressurized with oxygen, so like it would still be breathable in the helmet. It would just feel like air flowing out of the helmet past your face. But what it does is it, it prevents any air from coming in. So if there's any toxic fumes, but anyway, I, I always wondered about that. Yes. <laughs> I wondered about it because in the Clone Wars, I thought it was a really cool little nod when they showed that the clones could be in outer space with their armor on, um, but not for long. They made a point of which may be. I mean, when it really comes down to it, this might be why they put that in this episode. They may have been like, "Hold on, we can also explain how this stuff happens." Yeah. Well, I actually wondered about this last episode when they showed the Mandalorians in the water, and I'm like, "Can they drown with their helmet on?" Like, or does it have some sort of sealing system? Dun, 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 dun. We'll, we'll find out later in the episode. And in See, and pressurized episode. or not, I would think that the air would try to escape and the water would get in. Yeah, that system so, wouldn't work be as well. Like, with poison gas, it would work, but with uh, water or outer space, I don't he, think it would work. He said he's going to seal it up good, so he's got some, uh, you know, cough and or something. A, I don't know. There's a sound effect, so we know uh, we know it, it works. Yeah, it reminded me of like Darth Vader's uh, breathing a lot, a little bit. So Mando says, uh, "I like that he says this is droid work," and then R five disappears from the scope. So now he's got to go do it, and he enters into one of the the caves. Now this planet has been so thoroughly destroyed that it looks like the cities themselves have kind of been buried. Because these were giant dome cities on the surface of the planet, but he's going into a cave and, yeah. Can we, can we say something about these aerial shots of, of just coming into the ship and the planet? It was just... It, it was cool looking. It looked like something I, from NASA. I, fe- I feel like it, yeah. it is, it, the level of detail has jumped exponentially from last season. Agreed. You know? Yeah. And just like the rotating shots and all the cloud uh formations that are yeah it's just just so immersive it's amazing that that moment where he's like pointing out the moon of concordia if you're like when i rewatch that the planet of mandalore there's like a storm on the surface and like you said it's just it looks real like it looks like a nasa satellite Mm -hmm. you know taking images yeah just and some of this is the uh, is the is the quality quality over quantity. I think you know the we only get a few episodes. We only get them every you know however even, often. Even the bad batch episodes are just beautiful. Yeah, I, you know, Visually those bad batch amazing. episodes have been so good. They, I mean, season, so just and so I like beautiful. the new armor. Anyway, <laughs> they 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 painted their armor for the season in Bad Batch, and I like it. All right, so. 
Mando enters a cave, he tells Grogu to stay in the ship, and he gets attacked by... What are these things? Remember that movie, The, the Time Machine? Like the Morgoths or whatever? Yeah. The, that's, uh, that's exactly what it reminded me of. <laughs> yeah. What they look like. I think they might have borrowed the costumes. Like they really I, I think, like. Uh, yeah, just like the Bosque, right? Morlocks. Morlocks, yeah. The Morlocks, yeah. Yeah. And uh, they give Mando quite a fight. There's three of them jump him, and they yeah. knock his blaster out of his hand, so he has to go to the Darksaber. He and has course, a difficult time with these people. He, he yeah, can't wield the creatures. Darksaber is the problem. Yeah. And honestly, yeah. Din doesn't put up a great fight right here. Now, once he gets no, himself No, but I do under, like that he... I like that he's going to the Darksaber. I like that it is... I like that he recognizes it as a secondary weapon. Like, I like that it's yeah. there... His blaster was gone. He knows, okay, I have this Darksaber. Like, it's not... Before, it seemed like... And obviously, he's not skilled in using it yet. But before, it seemed like a hindrance well, yeah, to even carry it Yeah, he cut his leg last belt. time, so I, I wouldn't go to it. <laughs> so, I just yeah. like that he's he's willing to go to it. Which, yeah. he's got a bunch of other Mandalorian, you know, gear on his, on his self, but... So... The fight it was it was a neat fight. At first, he he looked real clumsy, especially because he is clumsy with the dark saber. But then, when he like stabs the guy with the dagger and finishes off the other guy, that it, it turned cool. Yeah, um, he he salvages R five is is laying down, and he picks him up and says, "All right, let's get back to the ship." And they go back, and he has R five scan the atmosphere, and that's when they realize, "Hey, it's not poisonous," um, and. Uh, Den says, you know, Bo-Katan's right. The planet's not cursed. So I guess to them, cursed men is poisonous. Yeah, it gets baby pod. And now we're off on the proper adventure. And one little thing that did bother me is he got his pistol back, but they never showed him doing that. I actually thought the thing had got knocked off the cliff. But apparently not. Either that or he had a spare pistol in the in the ship. Who knows? I think it just got knocked out. I think it just got where, knocked out of his hand a little bit. Where is his disintegration rifle? We haven't seen that thing in forever, and that was like one of the coolest weapons we've ever seen in Star was, Wars. Was it on the Razor Crest? Oh, that's a good question. Yeah, I don't know. So I don't think we've seen it since then. It might have been. <clears throat> oh. Yeah. Yeah, maybe. Oh, well, it's a moment of silence for the Razor Crest and the disintegration rifle. All right, moment's over. Um, so he takes Grogu into the cave, and they, they're looking over this destroyed cityscape below him. And then they, they uh, it's so cool the way he just steps off the cliff and ignites his jetpack to slowly descend. Oh, that yes. was, again, visually, the show is amazing. They they land on a platform, and I kept expecting I, to see familiar things from the Clone yeah. Wars cartoon. So when I they didn't. when they dropped real quick though, when they started doing the drops down into the into the pits, yeah, Grogu does the same. Um, and I know he's in a levitating pod, but you know he's not controlling it like you would a speeder. It needs to be okay. controlled to do a, a controlled drop. Um, mm-hmm. it was interesting mm-hmm. to see, and the only reason I bring that up is I'm pretty sure there's some there's some force use in there, not in making the pod levitate, but in some of the control. He's got to be doing something else. 
to have that pod go where he wants it to go and the, to drop it in that controlled fashion, not just fall. Well, we've certainly seen he has better use of the force than he did, you know, last time we we saw him. Oh, he did a jump. When was the jump? Is that later on? Yeah, that's later on. The other so, thing, he, he's verbalizing better. He is. I see. It, is it's he going to start like, talking? I think he is going to talk soon. And he even said something to Pelly, and she was like, oh, he said my name. And that I think that was supposed to be a, hey, words might start coming from this guy soon. So I hope so. I mean... It's a long, like, flight. That'll be a hard transition, though. Like, that mm. might be awkward. Yeah, I like it. He's going to be like uh, Baby Groot and just be like, I am Grogu. I'm Grogu. Ah, ah. Yay. So they they descend to a platform that's part of the city, and then they see, like, uh, like what looked like, almost like a mine shaft, I guess that's what it's supposed to be, but a shaft going straight down, so they descend even further into the area where the mines will be. Um, now, we've seen this area before, by the way. Um, I think it was either, I think it was John Favreau. Might have been Dave Filoni, I don't know. One of them said that these mines is actually where uh, Ahsoka was in the last season of Clone Wars. Um I don't remember why, but she was down in these tunnels on Mandalore, and that's what these tunnels are supposed to be, is where Ahsoka was. Wasn't that where, like, Darth Maul was, like, entombed or whatever? Yeah. Well, it's where he was hanging out. That's why Ahsoka went down there, um, was looking for him. But, uh, yeah, they're walking around. One cool thing that, again, nod to the Clone Wars is, uh, on Clone Wars, the, the clone troopers have these little flashlight things on their helmets, on the side of their helmets. That I don't remember ever seeing in a live action Star Wars until now. Mando turns on the little light on the side of his helmet. That was awesome, and it did remind me of uh, Rex and the guys on uh, the cartoon when they would be in the tunnels, turning their little lights on. I and he Mando's finds, done that. hmm, I thought Mando has done that before. Maybe he has. Maybe I'm just uh, picking up on it because it's visually cool. Yeah, just and he time, sees. Yeah. It is so awesome. they're. They see what looks like the entrance to the mines, and they're walking in there, and he sees this weird cross-looking hole in the ground. Do you remember that part? Yeah, it looked like a Mandalorian visor. And it was. He reaches his hand in, starts brushing it off, and it's an old Mandalorian helmet. The amount of Beskar on this planet, that alone I would think would mean people would be They're in a Beskar mine, aren't they? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So they mine too deeply here, though. Yeah, he pulls out a... Uh, you know what this actually is? I just realized this, because I'm, I'm looking at the screenshot of him picking that helmet up, and that helmet looks like it's all burned and like almost like it's made out of like like disintegrated metal. Hey, before you- we start talking about this scene... I want to say this. This scene reminded me something out of like Guillermo, Guillermo del Toro's like Nightmares. Yes. Well, I'm not ready to talk about that yet. Oh, I thought we were going there. I, well, I want to talk about this helmet for a second. Okay. Now, this is... Uh, Tim, you're supposed to be the expert on... on uh, what is this show? The cartoon after Clone Wars was called... Um, uh, oh, Re- Resistance. Re- Resistance. You love Resistance. I do not. How about Rebels? Do you Rebels. Remember? Rebels is awesome. In Rebels, there's a whole story arc of Sabine going to uh, Mandalore 
and her mm-hmm. family and all that. And why she is an outcast from Mandalore is because she, for a brief time, worked for the Empire doing weapons designs. Do you remember this story arc? I do remember the story arc. Do you remember the weapon she designed for them? She made the she made a, a blaster that could get through the armor. It was no. It she actually, made the she made the mm-hmm. uh, yeah. Hold on a second. Uh, okay. Don't I mean, don't don't, don't don't quietly hold dead, on a second. Dead don't, air. Don't, oh, dead air. We haven't allowed that. Papa Bear, sing. Singing a song singing of Star a song. Wars. I want to sing. I don't want to think. I'm just going to give you the answer. Distressed beeping. What did beeping. Sabine make for the Empire that made all the Mandalorians hate her so much? I don't know. She made a giant laser sort of system. It actually looked more like a, a lightning that was attracted to Beskar. And it would oh, actually yeah. melt and destroy oh, I remember Beskar. That. Yeah, I remember and, that because they and were using it on them. Yeah, and in Rebels yeah. they show it. the The Empire yeah. brings it out, and the Mandalorians are out there looking all tough and crazy, and they and fire just, this thing up, and it just kills all of them in their armor. And it's just so creepy. Yeah, it's, yeah, and it's I all forgot about that. I definitely and it forgot looks, about that, dude. It looks like this helmet. It looks like this yeah. helmet was hit by that. Um, like it, it, yeah, so maybe the Beskar is worthless because they used Sabine's weapon on it. Now, that episode ended with her supposedly destroying that tech, but, um, I don't know. That, that was, I, so I don't know if that was intentional or not, but that's what it looked like. And now we're, I think, at the part you were talking about, Papa Bear, because he picks up the helmet, and then something surprising happens. It's like a trap. That, that was, did, did that make you jump a little bit? What? Well, I was thinking about when the trap is sprung. Dun, dun, yeah. Dun. yeah, this giant oh, yeah. This, spider was beast a, that was a giant thing. Yeah. Was under was laying under the under the dirt and he and it all of a sudden folds him, turns right side up, and it looks like a crab or a spider, but mechanical. But then it's yeah. got that creepy looking eye I, thing inside oh, of it. Oh yeah. It was That's, Guillermo del Toro. Yeah, it, do, it, gets, it does look like horror stories. It gets story even stuff. crazier. It does. So it looked Doesn't it? like huh. yes. it looked like they combined a bunch of weird stuff like, from the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles into this. It looked like a Tyanoga combined with General Grievous. And then inside, it's like nesting dolls, Russian nesting yeah. dolls. Yeah, it's like just oh man, it's awesome. So, this creepy was, spider yeah. droid body has this red, like, circle I fe- I window was feeling more with crap. an eye looking out of it. Yeah, like claws. Yeah. It was a big eye, too. Like, whatever this yeah. thing originated as, that was oh, a big it's so eye. it's creepy looking. Because I kept looking, looking at it going, what? I was expecting it to be, like, a person, and we were going to find out who it was, or I don't know what it, I was expecting. It kind of reminded of me of, like, one of those floating heads from Futurama, you know, in a jar. Huh. <laughs> yeah, they had Al Gore in there. You see, they had Al Gore uh-huh. inside a jar. It was... Not just Al Gore, uh, all of them. They did have all of them, but yeah. I do an Al Gore impersonation. Oh. So, the thing wraps Mando, Mando up in, like, what looks like a rebar cage... 
And he's uh, pretty out of it. This whole thing, you're right, this is like nightmare level stuff. Because it's disturbing. Like, this yeah. this happens before. And I was like, I think a lot of those things were other Mandalorians coming down to the mines for whatever reason. Yeah, because this, this thing has hunting. a process. Yeah, like you said, it yeah, seems like he's done this before. It's set up, I mean, it's like, it's mining the Beskar from... Oh. Mandalorians coming treasure hunting or whatever. So yeah, the, the, the top of the crab thing opens up and the eye part comes out and now it's part of an even weirder looking robot body, a little you know, smaller, carrying one of those energy uh, staffs. Oh, can um, we talk about this? Oh, Let's man. talk about it. There's a lot to... Like the clicks and all that reminds me of like a Geonosian. I, I thought that too. I wondered and if like this wasn't... Even, even the structure of the mechanical suit, it was like a Grievous-esque body, but it also yeah. reminded me of some of those Starkiller uh, customization uh, suits you could get in uh, the Force. Uh, yeah, with unleashed. all the spikes coming off of it. Yeah, with like the weird, almost like, uh, you know, uh, Scarecrow from uh, Batman, like with syringes and stuff. It was just... Yes. Oh, so yeah, the tubes Night- and... Yeah. You're going to have nightmares after watching this thing, man. Yeah. Oh, so man. was this was this um, staff that he was using, was that... Did that resemble Satine's of... weapon in a smaller sense? Oh, you know what? It, it did react kind of like that. It kind of reminded me of like those electrostaffs that the Geonosians used, too. But they didn't yeah. have, the, they didn't have that long reach, right? It yeah, because this thing shot a... lightning the way Satine's weapon did. So, yeah, Satine, and when it hit yeah. Bo-Katan... I don't know all the capabilities of all the weapons in Star Wars, so I don't know. Well, this was a unique thing, cool. and that's, that's why they hated it, because it was designed specifically to kill Mandalorians. Because it, yeah. it reacted specifically to Beskar, but so, that would also explain the helmet. Do you think that's the being that so might be a miniature shot? version? Because that Ooh, helmet that he found like was that. still was still intact. It was you know it hadn't disintegrated over time or whatever. I mean I know it hasn't been all that long, but well, it definitely looked degraded, like it had been hit with something. Yeah, it looked like it had a ton of heat applied to it, and like the visor part had melted out and. All the well, that's what I'm saying. Destroyed. But it yeah. would make it, it would make yeah. sense if that similar weapon had hit it, and if it was this this that's whatever what this, this eyeball is. creature was. Yeah. So to to catch you listeners up on where we are in the story, so yeah, Mando's trapped in what looks like a rebar cage, like so trapped he can't move. Mm-hmm. He can only move his head around a little bit. This creature thing pulls out his pistol and, and the dark saber and throws it away from him, and then kind of walks away. And Grogu's watching this whole thing. And he comes out, and we're wondering, is Grogu going to be able to save Mando by himself? And he uses the Force, and he, and he starts to shake the cage. Oh, he tries to save his friend, yeah. All it does is alert this weird creature to the fact that Grogu's there. And that's where we see him use the staff as like a, as a projectile-type weapon. It shoots yeah, lightning yeah, out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And Grogu backflips into his little pod and takes off. Yeah, he does. Yeah. And man, is this where Mando actually says to him, go get Bo-Katan? Yeah, he does. Yeah. He does. Yeah. So Grogu's got a mission. And he's, he's on he's his flying. escape out of the mines to the ship. 
poor little Grogu having to go through those caves because there were weird like lizard alligator creatures in those, there. Those yeah, like those a, flying yeah. dragon bat alligator wings, turtles yeah. were. It was like a wild. bat alligator. I don't know. It was crazy. It had wings. They were leathery. Yeah, they were sketchy. And plus, the the Morlocks are out there too. Yeah, the Morlocks. So this whole thing. One of the Morlocks tries to get him. Um, how does he get past? Oh, he uses the Force. That was awesome. The Morlock was Alamites, in his way. Right? What are they called? I think I think Bo-Katan calls them Alamites. Oh, and she explains she... there, you know, like when she comes, we can talk about it. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, yeah, we just see the guy jump in front of Grogu, then it shoots the outside of the cave, and you see uh, you see it shot like apparently Grogu force pushed him pretty hard. And uh, then he gets in the ship, and him and R five take off. Bye bye. So. I'm glad. Like, at what point did Grogu learn how to fly a ship? See, they never showed that. I think they did in the first episode. He kind of showed him all the controls. Oh yeah, they did. And, and now this we one, go he kind of showed him navigation, like interstellar. He he know. also showed on the map where Bo-Katan was right before yeah, they landed. He, yeah. So Bo-Katan is sitting in her uh, in her palace the way she does. She just likes to sit there and kind of sulk. And she yeah. sees Mando's ship is coming, and uh, yes. she's like, "Oh man, not this guy again." Yeah, and so yeah. she yeah. specifically I, says that I'm going to get rid of him once and for all. Yeah, I love I'm like what does that mean? Uh, and this is one of the reasons I love Bo-Katan, and it did make me remember who she was in the in the cartoon series because they do a lot more with her character in the cartoon. So, like, you see that yeah. she is this, she is this like she she's a good person. She's also really pretty ruthless and, and action-oriented. So this is like seeing the old Bo-Katan. So I loved it. Um, that she, she goes out there to tell Din that we don't want you here. And when she sees it's only Grogu, she immediately is like, find out where Din is. We're going to go get him. That, that was awesome. And they show the uh, Mandalorian yeah. ships. Now, we had seen her ship uh, before in an episode. Mm-hmm. It was sitting in the background. But um, in the TV, in the cartoon series, they show these ships quite a bit in Rebels. But yeah, we got to get inside Rebels a Mandalorian awesome. fighter. Rebels is uh, is is pretty good, good stuff. Twenty six and a half. Um, out of twenty seven. Nice. Some of those episodes are straight up twenty sevens. <laughs> <laughs> Wait a minute, what's the number that's supposed to mean everything? Forty two. All right, so maybe we should do it out of forty two. So she flies in, and this time when she's flying into Mandalore, she's got Grogu and R5 with her in her ship. Her ship's bigger than Mando's. Um, they actually do a better, like, you, you see the, the kind of outline of the old city dome much more clear as she's yes. flying in. And that yeah, was really they, cool. they did a really good job of not showing all that until they showed it with her and her emotion of going back. Yeah, yeah um, I did like I that. Thought that was, I thought that was really cool, the way they... They saved that to be with her, and uh, she's and she's even telling Grogu, "I I ruled here briefly." She keeps um, bringing that up all well, throughout this episode. She says it like th- a couple times. I think she's bitter. What do you think she's doing in, on that throne, just sitting there, no Netflix, no so nothing? Can- she's just sitting there thinking about when she used to rule Mandalore. What show do you think she would watch on Netflix if she did? Uh, she would probably watch Battlestar Galactica. I'm thinking it's going to be Forged in Fire, the Maniac Edition. 
I don't know what that means. Mm -hmm. All right. So she lands her awesome ship. I really do love the design of those Mandalorian fighters. Um, mm -hmm. And they're also kind of the perfect size. Like, I I like it better than Razor Crest, I think. It's just that it's like, it's a good, uh, you can live out of it, but it's also small enough to be a fighter. It's it's cool ship. Yeah. It's like a Corvette. And, uh, With like so, a, like yeah. a hatchback. A hatchback Corvette. Like a bump out hatchback. It's like Boba Fett's All right. So she gets out of the ship with Grogu and R5 accesses her ship and starts watching her on TV. <laughs> I thought that was kind of odd. Yeah. I'm not sure what that was. Um, but <laughs> she she looks friggin' amazing. Her costume design. Um, oh, I mean, yeah. Katie Sackhoff looks amazing, period. Like, she, you know, she, she just looks like a tough awesome warrior Jim woman um Jim, huh? i got a question what did you think about the light the light yeah on her helmet she turns it head to head toward does she turn the light on yeah she had the light on yeah she does she but, does uh when she uh yeah when she's walking into the cave with grogu i'm like this is just cool looking it's just it's cool looking and she gives the same view that uh that mando had um, and this is where she actually starts waxing, you know, uh, nostalgic about, uh, I used to rule here and now it's a tomb and baby yeah. Grogu just stares in his knowing way. <clears throat> then she like... does the exact same leap, just steps off the ledge and boosh, she descends into the depths of Mandalore. Boosh. And again, yeah. the visuals are awesome, uh, including uh, baby Grogu's ears are flapping as they're going down. I don't know. That's just cute. His ears are flapping. Maybe that's he's how got, he controlled his descent. He's got big ears. It's a Dumbo story. Any minute, uh, Bo-Katan's going to start singing to him. It's going to be, baby mine, don't you cry. Hey, that's from the movie Dumbo. Remember that? Yes. Mm. Okay. That's a musical. Oh. Mm -hmm. Got him. Got him. All right. So, Got I like that um, Grogu is clearly upset. Like, he's scared, bottom line. Yeah. And Bo-Katan recognizes this and talks to him about it. I, there's good interaction here. Bo-Katan's character is just so awesome. And this is where I think she actually turns on her helmet flashlight, by the way. Papa Bear. Oh, yeah. Is it? Yeah. And Grogu's got a little flashlight on the front of his little pod, too. Yeah, he's got a couple okay. flashlights, I think. <laughs> um, I like that she mentions to Grogu that uh, I knew some Jedi. She says, I knew quite a, a, a few Jedi, and we actually got along pretty well. And I don't know we what they taught you side. at that Jedi Academy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> she says that. <laughs> and uh, she's, she says, you must be pretty good with the Force if you got back to me all alone. So, I don't know. I just I like this interaction. Yeah, I think um, they did a really good job with this. I liked the conversation. I liked I what they were doing. She, she's still tough, but she's. I mean, her her character is what her character is supposed to be. Well, and um, if you remember from Clone Wars, Bo-Katan was when she was young. She was such a hothead. She was hard to get along with. Yeah, and her sister Satine had a kind of a calming was was the calm, level-headed one in her family. 
And I think here we see a much more mature Bo-Katan, who's now she's dealing with, you know, a tremendous amount of loss, not just her civilization, but even more recently, her actual clan has kind of left her. Um, so I like this as a more measured, thoughtful Bo-Katan, but she's still there for the action. Um, she I'm not sure some... I understand the whole clan leaving her thing. I mean, I know they're trying to push the story, but the whole clan leaving that that palace, gorgeous planet that they were on, like there wasn't but so many of them. I don't know. Just well, seemed... that made sense to me. Because to me, they were just like, hey, let's be practical. we got to earn a living. Yeah. And, yeah. Like, so but if she's surviving sense. on that planet, what, are the, what did they leave to go do? Well, maybe they brought her a sandwich. I don't know. Uh, the, Ooh, like an Uncrustable? Just leave it on Can the counter. Imagine? It'll be good in 30 minutes, okay? I gotta show you all this wait. video I have of me when I had an Uncrustable one time. Yeah? Was it like when you eat Doritos? No. But she's looking at the ceiling, and there's this green kind of thing in the ceiling. This was really interesting. Um, I, yeah. Because I wasn't sure what that was, and I'm still yeah. not sure. It reminded exactly me of aliens, but apparently she could tell that the those creatures were up there. Yeah, the Morlocks. So we're gonna we're gonna call them for now because we don't know what they. Oh no, she said what they are. She does say the name. Alamites, eventually. right? Alamites, Alamite. right? Maybe, but uh, <laughs> she she handles them much better than Den does. Um, and this was this was just an awesome showcasing of Mandalorian fighting like styles and skill. Yeah, and then she and, points uh, out like, "Your dad's not the only Mandalorian." And I love that because she calls him his dad. I love that. She's like, "Your dad? Yeah. What do you think your dad was the only Mandalorian?" I, so I love that. So she's claiming her heritage, showing because Grogu's a Mandalorian now too. And showing uh, that, hey, this this is what our people do. She's um, taking everybody this episode to Mandalorian school. Yeah. Yeah. I don't, and uh, apparently the Alamites were going to eat them, is what she claims. So, and she references the fact that the, uh, that the planet used to be, it, it always was kind of mostly wasteland. And she says that the Alamites yeah. used to live in the wastelands outside of the cities. Yeah. So I don't. Yeah, I don't know at what point they became dome cities, or maybe they just always were. Maybe I'm misremembering my history of Mandalore. No, I think you're right. So going back to that, do you remember when Din was talking to him at the beginning, and he said it used to always it was all green and beautiful? Yeah, but then you he think also there was just said, stories they were told, there. like because that's not how Mandalore was. That's not how we ever knew it. Yeah, we always knew it as kind of a giant wasteland with a few pockets of niceness. So it's just weird, because the way he was talking to him, he was like, oh yeah, you know, it's green and, and beautiful here once. And I was like, I don't think so, but you've never been there before, so you don't know. So is this just a story that they were told about, you know, the planet they would eventually take back, or to hate it the empire? Or... It's the Eden myth. It exists in most cultures. Um, hmm. Or the Eden truth, if you believe in it. It's, uh, I don't want to say it's necessarily mythin. Um What are we doing? And she does a great bit of foreshadowing when she says we'll use, the We'll use legend. legend. Legend covers both. Oh, do you remember the movie Legend by Ridley Scott starring Tom Cruise and Mia Sarah? And do you remember the movie uh, I Am Legend with Will Smith? 
Uh, I read the book. The book Will Smith didn't different write different that movie. book. No, he did not. I can't remember the name of the author. And I should, because he's a famous uh, horror kind of... Anyway, what do we do? Oh, yeah, she says in a very powerful bit of foreshadowing, if the Alamite survived, I wonder what else has survived on this planet. Dun dun dun! <laughs> that was a really and, interesting comment, and I know, I like I said, you. I know things are going to come up, but that was mm-hmm. a, I think that was a, definitely a big. What's well, again? Yeah, for the shadow. the yeah, they're all set up to like. It's heavy foreshadowing in this TV show this season. Like yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Heavy foreshadowing, and now we get back to the Guillermo del Toro stuff. Oh yeah, this is because this stuff. machine. Oh, this, this is, is disturbing. Right this is and this is like a droid, I guess. So the we go back to the spider crab creature thing, and he's setting up some sort of droid that he that like is like an air pump. It's a pump droid. Yeah, it's it's it's. It's a I think fluid he's pump. juicing him. He's juicing he him. He is. Uh, it's so disturbing. So, yeah, he hooks yeah. this thing up to, like, he stabs Mandalorian with this uh, IV kind of thing hooked up to this droid. It, this is nightmare material right here. I told um, you it was. I mean, yeah. did I not lie? Are you not entertained? And no, you, you not time. lied. It looked like he went toward, um, kind of toward the center of his body, and it didn't quite look like blood. Yeah, I could and, I could not tell. It was it was just nightmare fuel. I think that's it, actually uh, literal it nightmare looked, fuel. It, it looked like all kinds of stuff going through there, like blood and just fat yeah. and like whatever. It was it was, it was bizarre. It, it was a very But fortunately it doesn't last long mm. because Bo Katan blasts the uh, pump droid <clears throat> and this is where so then the creature turns around and turns the staff on her. And yeah. I think, Papa Bear, you might be right. The, the The way the staff is acting, it seems to be hitting her armor, and it's hurting her. So I think mm-hmm. this might be a small version of that weapon that, that Sabine had created. Yeah, good call um, there, Papa Bear. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Hey, thanks, Was guys. Was it Tim who said it? Am I getting that wrong somehow? I don't know. I thought Papa Bear I, said I was talking about his staff. But I like this guy. He's 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 uh. Well, he yeah, because it gets ocean with like the it gets weirder the here, doesn't it? Yeah. No, it was uh, it was this was cool because yeah, this is where he 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 hits her and she she goes down from it. And yeah, she's getting pain from it, so it's it's hitting right, and it's not something. I mean that that lightning that's shooting out of it is not controlled enough to be able to. You know, find the ways around the armor. I mean, he's he's hitting her where he can hit her, and it's hurting no matter what. So, well, that that's why um, I think it might be that weapon. I think it's designed to hit the armor. And yeah, that's what I'm the, saying. I think it's. Yeah. I think that's the. I think that's the purpose. And it seems that would have been what what hit that helmet that he, that Din found earlier. Yeah. So then she gets the dark side. She's knocked down and she's she's losing this fight. But then she uses her lasso, gets the dark saber, and then very quickly turns this fight around. That was some beautiful stuff. And I didn't mention the fact that it detaches the the weird creature thing detaches its head part from its little droid body and crawls back into the giant crab droid. 
and still bo katan once she's got the dark yeah i didn't know where it was going i was like oh it escaped we're gonna find and then i was like we're gonna find out who that is later right like that was in my mind i was like all right we'll find (laughs) out who that that is no man and that's not what happened and and they also i think are making it very obvious that bo katan can wield this thing you know effortlessly she is trained i believe in using it yeah it's a huge there's there's a couple of reasons um, there's also the the acceptance of what it really is and they kind of talked about that like there's a willpower to overcoming the the weight of the dark saber you know it's not no. a it's not a force thing it's it's something else i mean i'm t- i'm sure within the star wars universe it is a force thing but it's not a a jedi sith control of the force thing that you know there's something in the the willpower to make you be able to wield it which i just think is awesome did we ever talk about the toy that they made of the dark oh. saber, it was one of the oh. first toys. It was a few years ago. Oh, I have that toy somewhere. Yeah, the oh, one that's yeah. like three feet long, not, I not got real it right big. Here. Hold on, let's see. Yeah. Okay, I think he's gone. So, did you think the thing that, she... that I love about this toy? This is this is really important though, is that it's one of the few lightsabers I've ever held. Where the blade itself, because it's it's got such a particular design, uh-huh. is really heavy. Wow. And the the hilt is not. So when you actually pick it up to you know, for my kid to pick it up and play with it when he tries to use it, the blade that's the one. That blade is so much heavier than the hilt that you don't swing it around like a regular sword or lightsaber. Um which I'm sure when they built the toy, they didn't do that to mimic the weight that they describe in the show. Yeah, but I just think it's fun that it coming. does mimic that weight. It mimics that like, oh, this is not right. <laughs> it's it's heavy on the blade. Why is it so heavy on the blade? And it, it's just, I like that. Yeah. Um, yeah, Dark so Rebels is awesome. Did you think that maybe this, like, my feeling was... Din lost this light, lost the dark saber fighting this creature. Yeah, yeah. Bo-Katan got it back fighting the creature. I'm like, it's hers now. That's what I was thinking too. But she doesn't see yeah, it that she way. She gives it back to him. She didn't win it from the creature. She just kind of picked it up off the ground and used it. But she's so much better with it than him. Like yeah. that fight was. No, I mean she sweet. should. She should have it, and that should have all been done. I was hoping that they were going to use that as a way to say, okay, she got it back. But no. I mean, we talked about this before. They really need to go to Naboo there where everything's so soft and smooth. No, no, no. Not Naboo. They've got a lovely castle on a planet and uh, plenty of room. Well. But not everything there is so soft and smooth. I mean, there's water. That's pretty soft, right? And there's grass. I don't know, man. Waterfalls aren't soft. So Manda wakes up, <laughs> and he said, "What happened?" And Bo-Katan's making him pog soup or something. And she, she's like, "I soup? saved your life." You're not. A, um, you're not a <laughs> I love how offended she is. Like he's like, from what Mandalore, what and I know he's a Mandalorian. I know it's different. At this Mandalorian military school. <laughs> well, you know what's okay. what's interesting to me here. Is he he starts talking about like 
she she's like you know sad. She's like, yeah, our great society is just a memory, and you're still chasing you know fairy tales and and these silly ideas that the watch has. Meanwhile, she won't give up on this idea that she has to earn the dark saber back because Den tried to give it to her. So mm-hmm. she's yeah. just a slave, as much a slave to custom as he is. It's just she likes hers and doesn't like his, I guess. Now, she does have a reason to believe this whole Darksaber myth, because when she was given the Darksaber, Mandalore fell apart. Yes. So that's that's what's fueling her idea that you have to win it, because she she saw what happened to Mandalore. And she, she, need, and, and she, she just needs it. to know that she's strong enough to lead. Um, yep. It's it's willpower over the dark saber again. Like it's just it's just awesome. So and she mentions it here. She says, "I, I once ruled here, but now it's destroyed." And basically pointing out <laughs> this is what happened. And um, this is uh, where we see Mando eat by just shoving the thing under his helmet. Yeah, that's how you eat pork. Pog, 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 pog. What do they call it? Uh, pog soup. Pog soup? Yeah, they're raised on pog soup. Pog any soup. any Mandalorian Delicious. worth their weight in armor or whatever she says. Um, <clears throat> like the small, they're, they're small cardboard discs with random pictures on them. And uh, mm. this this is where Bo tells him, "Hey, all right, you ready to get back to my ship?" And he's like, "Nope, we're still heading to the mine so that I could be redeemed." Dun, dun, oh, dun. Yeah. And, and like, I love that she problem? says, "I I think that's adorable." <laughs> that's that's a direct quote. I think it's adorable mm-hmm. that you still believe in these children's stories. And this is where he gives his speech about without the creed, we we'd be lost. What if which he I converts like that. her? What if he converts her? I, I'm thinking then they can get married. The middle. They could get married. Hey, they could get married. I mean, she's getting redeemed now. She just got to not take off her mask, right? Um, I'm not sure what other differences exist between the watch other than the helmet and the rest of the Mandalorians. The helmet one I, I could do without, so I'm more with Bo-Katan on this. Yeah, I kind of like not like them taking the helmets off. Well, pa- Paz Vizula, the, the guy who founded the Death Watch, he, he took his helmet off all the time. On the regular. He had great hair, too. He was a fantastic-looking I mean, man. I mean, he was a specimen. Um, <laughs> that guy could wield the dark saber like nobody's uh, business. My goodness. Uh, well, and I'm pretty sure. I think the helmet thing came from not not uniformity in a control sense. Like I don't think they were looking to control the other people oh, as much as they are. Me. It's a cult. Well, I mean, as much as they. That's what I was going to say. Actually, as much as as much as they are a cult. I think that the helmet was a solidarity thing as they were collecting people from different places. I'm just wondering how the cult screwed up Pog Soup. Hmm. <laughs> but I think Tim's probably got a point there, that they are pulling people from different species. Like, they're all foundlings now. Yeah. Um, but this is an interesting conversation. She agrees. She's like, you is, know what? Okay, is that I'll why they the can't mines. wield the Darksaber? Because they're foundlings and not natural Mandalorians? Maybe. Because Mandalorians, if you play like the RPGs, they're significantly stronger than humans. Ooh. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Nice. Is it because of their Spartan upbringing or just genetics? I don't know if it's nature versus nurture or whatever, but it's probably a lot of steroids. Probably. Um, <laughs> so she says, you know what, I'm going to take you to the mines. 
And then she she starts talking about it's harder to see this place because she had seen it when it was in its glory, and now she sees yeah, it yeah. like this. Um, it's a really uh, her speech is really pretty powerful about like the worst part is for her is that this happened because the Mandalorians were always so divided they they couldn't unify to, to you know fight against the Empire. You know what unifies um, people is a wedding. I mean, it's for she a starts time. talking about her dad and how he yeah. died defending Mandalore. I don't remember. Did we see her dad, her and Satine's dad? I don't think we ever did. I don't remember that either. The way she was talking, I, it seemed like it must have been a character that we knew, but I don't remember that actually happening. Yeah, I don't. I, I don't think I was racking my brain, and I'm pretty sure when we meet Satine and Bo-Katan, they're they're adults, and I don't think the father's ever seen. But we know he died defending Mandalore from something. Yeah, he did. Mythosaur. Well, and no, then... there hasn't been a Mythosaur in over a thousand years. It's highly unlikely there'll be another one. So we'll not. Okay, we'll never see so... another Mythosaur ever. They get nope. well. They we'll get talk to, about it in the opening it, scene, but we won't actually get to one. Speaking of it, they get to they get to the mines and they actually get to the chamber with the living water and Bo-Katan's yeah. like I've been here before because She's I like, was part of the royal family and we used totally, to have ceremonies here. You know what she did? She Clark Griswold them. Oh, she says she Look read the plaque too. Parliament. She did read the plaque <laughs> and it mentions that it was the lair of the Mythosaur. Yeah, and know, the two by the the great Mandalore. Mm. Which might and this be one wasn't this people. one wasn't too bad of a of a foreshadow because it was pretty quick after and you were there and you know it would have been uh, this is another plot hole filler if he was like oh there's a mythosaur in the water and you're like oh that's convenient no it's it's they made it part of the story with the plaque um, well, we the thing that I liked the most about this scene is when yeah. he starts to walk into the water yeah right beforehand he he sets some of his stuff down some of his gear down and then yeah. he just starts to walk into the water. And at that point, she stops and, like, really watches and allows him to do what he's doing. She doesn't, she doesn't, because the way she's been talking about it, you almost, you kind of half expect her to be like, there's really no reason for that. You know, like, just making one more snide comment. And she doesn't make any comments. She lets him do what he needs to do. Um, And I, I just liked that little personality trait that they had there. As... <clears throat> Did you have anything else before she walked in the water? Because I have another thing about or him walking in the water. I was just going to point out, like, in case we got someone listening who doesn't know this, the term Mandalore itself is very confusing because it's kind of like the term Caesar. It started as a name. There was the Mandalore, who was the 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 guy who united the planet and created the dark saber and was a was a Jedi Knight. Um, and supposedly originally ra- rode a mythosaur. A mythosaur. So there was someone called Mandalore. And now so the leader of the Mandalorians is now called the Mandalore, which is the same thing that happened with Caesar. That was a family name, and then it became so powerful that you became Caesar if you're the, the ruler. Um, right. So I just, in case it confuses people that I keep saying, yeah, then there was the Mandalore. Um, the Mandalore, yeah. yeah. So, so when he, he walks, oh yeah, you, what? Yeah, I was going to say when he walks in the water, does he just run out of steps? Uh, either there because was a hole in the steps I, I or something. I thought there was like a shelf there, you know, like at the ocean. It almost looked like something grabbed him and pulled him, but that's not what happened. That was his, I think this armor, is his armor just heavy, 
Because he took yeah. off his rocket pack, and it seems like he must have just taken a step and then just was just gone. And <laughs> like, so that which leads us calls to... into question why he took his his pack off too. But I think does that it part count? surprised him. <laughs> well, not only that, but does it count as bathing in the living waters to walk in with fully protective waterproof gear? <laughs> like Maybe. not a single part of him touched the living waters. Yeah, I was like, is he going to strip down and then put the armor on? But no, he just gets in there. I'm like, that's got to weigh a lot. We don't know how deep this is. But I guess but we he got didn't, the answer he didn't, to... He didn't bathe in the water. Like, that just... It didn't happen. He didn't... Well, he didn't do anything to prove that he bathed in the water, either. Because he's supposed um, to prove it. Well, I think he's... To well, the armor. recording this with the little camera on his pod. That's what I'm going to go with. Yeah, also, um, I don't know. Maybe he was planning to. I don't know. I, I, who knows? the 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 rules with the the watch are weird. So who knows? Mm-hmm. But um, it does kind of go back to the question of: Is their suits waterproof underwater? And I guess they're not, because she seems like she's trying to save him from drowning. And this was a super cool scene, seeing uh, Mandalorian using their jetpack underwater. Well, if he didn't, oh, he may awesome. he may not have pressure, or he may not have done anything to to set his mask up. Yeah, but yeah, her searching for him underwater, and then like she turns a little helmet, you know, light off so that she can see his armor underwater. Th- this was really cool looking. Um, yeah. So, and he was stuck on the bottom, so. I don't know if he didn't pressurize his helmet. Maybe he, uh, maybe he did touch the water, Tim. <laughs> maybe, maybe he's so maybe he's clean. He's got it like he's got it in his nostrils and stuff. Yeah, but I mean, as lungs. she's as she's bringing him back to the surface, dun dun dun. We see we a see tusk, an eyeball. and the tusk looks a lot like the crest on the uh, Mandalorian symbol. And then we see the eyeball, and then we see a whole giant creature just kind of move its head. As she shoots past it with her jetpack and and pulls him out of the water, and uh, baby Grogu is happy because Dad's back, and he's coughing and wheezing. So I guess the water was in his helmet. It had to be, yeah. So, but if he never did that, if he never pressurized it, I guess that would make sense. Yeah. Maybe he planned and, on taking the helmet off when he was deep enough in the water, but he didn't want to do it around Bo-Katan. Yeah. Maybe so. And that's the end of the episode, is Bo-Katan pulling him out, and they're on the edge of the living waters, and we know that there's a mythosaur in there. And it's gorgeous. that's this week's, and alright, that's all I got. Y'all got any parting thoughts? What are you you expecting? Um, Well, I expect now that they've done that, my guess is they almost have to go off-world. I mean, they could go explore a little bit more, but they'll have to find someone pretty fast to make it worth an episode I think someone's got to ride this mythosaur and I think it might be Bo-Katan and this might be how she regains leadership of the uh, of the of the Mandalores Mandalorian yeah. rather um, I'm just not sure what the circumstances that she would do that you know like it's I don't know but I it was a fantastic episode I mean what did yes, y'all it rate was. it 26.5 out of 27 26.5 out of 27 Five. So excellent, and uh, the design of the weird crab spider creature combined with all the the scenery of the devastated Mandalore is just visually stunning and disturbing. Um, I like the whole Mines of Moria living waters thing. 
Um, All great the visualizations on this were, were great. Everything. I mean, this episode was just great beginning to end. I'm um, also going to give it a 26.5. Yeah. All right. Well, I'm ready to wrap, <laughs> fellas. Yeah. Yes. Because it's late for us, and I got things I got to do before we can call it a night. But, um, all right. If you've enjoyed the program and you have, and you've noticed something in the show that we didn't, leave us a message. Send us a message. Mm-hmm. Tell us. Um, click subscribe. Tell your friends. Tell your enemies. Tell your enemies' friends. Mm-hmm. Uh, tell them all. Yes. yes. This is the way. Are we this done? Is, is that it? This is the way. We're done. All right. So, wait a minute. I forgot. How do I finish the show? I say, this has Read. been. Our good night, everyone. Our certain, certain, certain point, of view. point of view. I'm Jim. I'm Jim, and I'm Papa Bear. Bye bye. Bye. Audio one.